0: Let's turn our Bibles this evening to 2 Timothy chapter 1, 2 Timothy chapter 1. I don't plan to be long tonight. I never plan to be long, but um, doing things a bit different today. i was just thinking about the week in preparation, and again, just wanted to say thank you to everyone that a, lent a hand through the week, many of you. Worked tirelessly over the week just to, to get things ready on the property and the music, the, uh, the printed material, the graphics, all of that. You all work so hard. And then many of you were here through the afternoon cleaning, getting things ready for this evening. And then it was just uh, just a blessing to see so many of you sitting with others to this morning witnessing. Praise the Lord for that. And glad that, um, that, that uh, several people got saved. Many... Got uh, the gospel, and we're able, uh, Lord willing, to just follow up in the next uh, couple of weeks and months, and we just want to see fruit for the Lord, amen. amen. And we want to, we just want to glorify Him. And and uh, was thinking, you know, tonight I didn't really, we didn't really, didn't really plan to be the, the ge- guest speaker tonight, um, but uh, I, I actually asked three three men you know, over the course of eight months. The first one didn't even reply. You get that, you know, anyway. But um, second one h- had a trip to the U.S., couldn't, couldn't make it. The third one, a good friend of mine, um, they're expecting their, their child any time now. So, you know, the, he couldn't make it. And so I just figured, um, I figured that it was meant to be me um, as much as I didn't really want to be the, the guest speaker for our own anniversary and uh, just reminded me, you know, there were several several times I got called to uh, to preach elsewhere, and I remember just a particular particular one, a particular uh, couple. But I'll remember the particular one. I was called by uh, by a church, and they had asked me to preach a youth rally, and they called me and they said, "Oh, would you mind um, just emphasizing Bible College and you know knowing that you're one of our graduates?" And it was an awkward silence then, and I said, "Ah, uh, I actually didn't go to Bible college. And then they said, oh, okay, we'll call you back. <laughs> and they never called me back. <laughs> and so, um, so I figured if I asked myself to preach, I, I should call myself back and go, yeah, you're on. Okay, so that's what's happening tonight. But uh, we celebrate today. Another year of which God has been, and as always, has been faithful unto us. And I just want to want to again praise Him, praise Him for all His blessings and goodness. And, you know, I can just really say, um, say that from, from two perspectives. Firstly, as your pastor, but then also as, a, as someone that's been part of this church for many, many years. And I didn't just drop in. You know, over the course of uh, of time, uh, when when the when the church first started, I was 12 years old. Okay, so you do the maths there. 35 now, 23 years ago. Any any 12 year olds here? You have a 12 year old? Okay, Johnny Gaz. I mean, you're around 12, aren't you? No, you're a bit older. 13. It's 13. It's a big difference, but. Um, <laughs> But uh, if you look at Johnny, I was around his age when the church started, and uh, time certainly flies, doesn't it? And I think about the the ladies who were singing up here, many of them, uh, many of them remembering when they were little ones, babies, and now singing here, one of them, just a newlywed, and just how time flies and time just continues on, and I'm thankful that over the course of that, God has been faithful. And God has just continually shown Himself faithful. And uh, as time has flown, you know, think about this before we know it, uh, we'll be celebrating 33 years maybe. And you know what, uh, church, I just want to say this, I would love to be there. All right, I'd love to be there. And I I hope that that you, we have the mentality that we want to just keep going on for the Lord. And I, I love the first song, there that, that was sung tonight as well. The message was, stay the course. And I want to I just encourage you tonight, uh, even as we have this Sunday night, it's Heritage Night. I know it's been a long day already. You've all worked and labored and we've seen God work. But I, I want to I encourage you tonight to stay the course. And uh, tonight, uh, the reality is though, as we hope to have something for the future, uh, we must not only reflect on the past, but take hold of our present responsibility you know it's a good thing for us to 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 reflect back and, and as we saw some photos and videos of the past year we could really extend that and, and look at further years uh, before that maybe you've had an opportunity I hope you you do this from time to time just cast back to the time where you were saved to the time where you maybe firstly came to the church and And like what uh, was was mentioned, you were new to the church, you didn't know what to expect, and then you came in and just God just moved in your life to plug you into this local church, into this church family. I hope you've taken some time to reflect, and it's good to reflect on the past, but really we have to take hold of our present responsibility. And and this evening I want to observe some things that were present there in Timothy's life that he received from those who dared to take responsibility for their present. And uh, as we turn our Bibles, look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, and we'll read the Scriptures here. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father, and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing, I have remembrance of thee in my prayers, night and day, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. And the situation was that this was many, many years later. That that Timothy is writing again to his son in the faith, Timothy, and Timothy had gone through some things now, where uh, perhaps he was he was feeling like he needed some encouragement. He was going through some time where where he had gone through some uh, some battles and some hardness that often comes in ministry life, often comes in journeying in the Christian life. And so Paul's writing to him, again, saying, mindful of his tears. Mindful of the fact that he had just gone through some trouble. And here's what he says to him in verse 5. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded in thee also. And I want to I just gi- give you some thoughts on the posterity of the faithful. What we have in these Scriptures really is an example of the posterity of the faithful. And our posterity, those are our descendants. Those are the succeeding generations that will follow. It's, it's that chain that is meant to remain unbroken, this chain of heritage. So in our text here, we see that the posterity here is referring to Timothy, but in him we note that we had, he had an unfeigned faith, okay? a real faith, a genuine faith that first dwelt in those who had gone before him. And so, so the fact that this was in him, and, and again, uh, Paul is persuaded in observing Timothy's life that this was very much real to him. This was very much a reality in Timothy's life. But he's careful to note in this time where he was going through some trouble and needed some encouragement that it wasn't just in him. It first dwelt in those who had gone before. And specifically here in our chapter, in our verses, we note that it's Lois and Eunice. Those who had gone before. And it's interesting to me that, that as... as uh, Paul, who was a spiritual father to Timothy, was trying to encourage this son in the faith of his, that he pointed to a real faith in those who had gone before him. And I'm just going to tell you now, church, that as we, we consider the fact that, that we have a desire to, to not only celebrate the heritage that we have, but to pass it on, that there will be times where the next generation will be tested like we've been tested. But maybe so much more as we see the day of the Lord coming uh, to fruition in our lives. And maybe so much more as we see the, the challenges in the horizon that perhaps the next generation of, of young people, of Christians, are going to face that we not so much have faced in our lifetime. And I just believe that as we consider this, it's important for us to, uh, to understand that if we're going to be able to see great hope in the next generation, a posterity that's preserved, then we're going to need to take up our present responsibilities. It's going to be up to us in our day. It's going to be up to us in the times and the challenges that we have in this generation, in this era of time, in this space of grace to just do something and take up the responsibility that we have. And so we consider these things and, you know, we're going to examine the Scriptures tonight and recognize that w- what we must do in our current time to help ensure there's a posterity to come that will be faithful also. And I want you to note firstly here that if we're going to see the posterity that's faithful, we need to firstly invest in the life of those that God brings to us. You know, the, the, the simple matter was this. Paul was writing to someone that he had invested in. Paul was writing to his dearly beloved son, Timothy. But then he also notes that there were those who were his blood relatives, those who were his family. Lois and Eunice, who also had unfeigned faith, who also invested in the life of the one that God had given them, this child Timothy at that point. And so firstly, we must see children here as a posterity that God expects us to steward. You know, don't take it for granted uh, this evening church. Don't take it for granted that we have little children running around, that we have some young people running around, that God has has blessed you. And I'm so glad as I look back at that memorial yearly that more children were born. That as we looked around today, there were children running around. and, And, you know, there were several guests of ours this morning who made a point to me to say, boy, you have a lot of children here. And we often hear that. We often often hear that from uh, visitors that come along. We often hear that from guest speakers, and I'm glad for that, but that comes with a great responsibility on our part. We can't just look at that and go, boy, that's fantastic. Boy, they make a mess. Boy, they make a noise. Boy, they're sometimes really annoying. (laughs) But the reality is this. Boy, we better be a good steward of them. And if we're going to see a posterity of the faithful, then we must be firstly faithful to invest in the life of those that God brings to us. You understand that, that, that children, the Bible tells us, are an heritage of the Lord. You see, God is the one that gives us children. He's the one that blesses our lives with them. And you know, since I've become a dad, since I've become to those, a dad to those three little ones, there's been a greater measure of fear and trembling to understand that I have a great responsibility and a great, uh, a great uh, honor and privilege to steward them to do something for the great cause of Christ. You see, this, this verse, verse here in verse 5 indicates to us that, that although Timothy didn't come from an, an ideal family, we won't take the time, but if you study the life of Timothy, his father was a Greek, he was probably a non-believer, he didn't come from an ideal family situation, and yet he still followed with faith of his own. There was just something grounding in the life of his grandmother Lois, and in the life of his mother Eunice, in the life of the apostle Paul, who invested in him. There was something grounding about them. There was something that they had invested. There was something that they had, uh, they had uh, the responsibility of stewardship in the life of Timothy that stuck. That became real. And we must see that children that we have, we must see them as a stewardship that God entrusts us with. And that is, that, that is what we need to pair our heritage of faith with. We must entrust them with it too. And again, lo, children are an heritage of the Lord. And the Bible tells us in Proverbs 13, A good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children. And I understand that even as we labor in our day, even as we have the desire to pass on the faith, even as we emphasize the fact that we have a goodly heritage, that, that we have a heritage from the Word of God, and that we have a responsibility to pass on, I understand that even as we do all of that, there is some chance that, that the next generation still won't, it still won't stick. They may still turn away. But don't you understand that that if we would at least take our responsibility, if we would at least take it seriously, if we would at least invest and we would at least be a good steward, then we're giving them a better chance and a better better grounding to just launch forward from. And part of good stewardship is to ensure that we are investing the faith that we have in our children. And I'm glad, as uh, again, you know, when I walk around this property, I don't simply walk around and see the improvements. I don't simply walk around and see, oh, wow, look, there's new uh, banisters now. And, and wow, look at this. And we've added this and that. And you know what? When I see this property, I don't see just that. I see generations previous to me who invested time and effort, who stayed here and who, who were faithful to, to sacrifice their time and their effort. They prayed. They labored. They were faithful. And I'm glad that they did that because now I have a fighting chance in my lifetime. I'm glad that as I look at my parents and as I look at their generation and as I look at those who have gone before in that sense, I'm glad that as I look at them, there was a reality in their lives and because of that, I have a very good grounding and we have a fighting chance today. I'm glad that, that as I look around the property it reminds me of times where some of you, as I look out there, some of you who, whose hair is getting grayer a little bit, some of you who don't have quite the step like you used to, but have the wisdom of the years of those, those times, I'm glad that you're still around and that you're still being faithful. I want to encourage you how much of a blessing that is, how much of a joy that is in my own heart that you would stick with the stuff. That you would just continue on. That you would continue to have the mentality to invest. That you would, just like in your day, when it's your time to really labor and to really uh, bend your back and to really invest in this church, that you're still around. And that my grand- uh, your grandchildren and my children can still look at you and go, boy, they're still around. You know, I- I'm glad for that. I'm glad for your investment. I'm glad for the times you sacrificed. To, to make sure that there's some sort of uh, facility where we could meet. And you sacrifice some of your monies, some of your efforts, some of your time. And parents, I just want to encourage you now. See your children as someone God wants you to know and pass the faith on to. You're a steward of that child. And church, note with me, secondly, that we must see the church family as the family that we've both received and we need to give our time to. And, you know, the, the reality is this, Paul, it was Paul and Lois and Eunice. Paul wasn't a, he wasn't a blood relative to, to Timothy. In, in fact, we know he was a son in the faith. He was someone that Paul specifically invested in. He, he calls Timothy my dearly beloved son. He was like a son to him. And along the way, Timothy met Paul, and Paul decided to take him under his wing. Maybe you're here uh, this evening, and, and maybe you're looking around, and, and you don't have what we would just term from a, a posterity, from a physical sense. They're not, you don't have your grandchildren. Maybe you don't even have children. Some of you young adults, you're probably thinking, boy, how does this apply to me? You're not married. You're, you're, you don't have your own children. I want you to note that, that this is your family. And you might not, some of you, you may not have grandchildren here. Some of you may not have children here, but this is your church family. These are your children too. That that you need to have the mentality that it's not just that family and their children. No, it's our family and our children too. And it ought to warm your heart as you saw Paulette play there and walk down and and sort of look where, where she needed to sit. I hope that it overjoyed your heart that this young lady, who's just starting to learn the piano, is now going and she's just trying to use her talents for God. I hope that warms your heart. I hope that you encourage. I hope that that you'd feel the, 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 uh, the, the pinch in your heart, just like I'm sure her parents did as, as she played there, uh, a warmness there of, of, boy, God, God's working in my daughter's life. I hope that you felt that too. I hope that you're not so selfish to go, boy, well, well, how come their child gets to play? <laughs> no, this is a church family. No, we've got to be there for each other. We've got to be overjoyed when, when that child succeeds and that child goes forward. And we ought to have the mentality that we're in it together. That we look around and we have that mentality to invest. To invest in the ones that God has given us. See, we have a responsibility to work together to ensure that we have a posterity. And Southland Baptist Church needs to be here in 10 years. It needs to be here in 20 years. It needs to be here in 30 years. It needs to be here in 40 years. And if the Lord tarries even more, it needs to be here in 50 years' time. We need to keep going. We need to work together to see a posterity. And it's up to us investing in today's young people, investing in our posterity today to even have that possibility. And one of the saddest scriptures in in the Bible to me is Judges 2.10, And also that generation were gathered unto their fathers, and there arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which He had done for Israel. You know, I've often heard it said, and I've often said it myself, it only takes one generation to see a church fail. But, you know, I've thought about that, which generation... Which generation needs to fail for there to be a discontinuance? It's the current one. It's not the next one. It's the current one. We've got to take up the responsibility. We have to invest in our time. We can't just, just sit by and hope someone else does it. No, we have to do it. It only takes one generation, really, who don't invest in the next generation to see a church fail. You know, the Bible tells us in Psalm 145 verse 4, one generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty acts. And, and that's why, you know, we take the time to, to show, uh, show gra- uh, videos. and That's why we take the time to write articles. That's why we take the time, just like our Sunday school uh, class has, uh, classes have done over the month, to talk about and to teach about the 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 things that God has done. And by the way, it's not all it's not about us, as I mentioned this morning, you know, as I walked around this month hearing those teachers speak. They weren't so much speaking about the great Southland Baptist Church. They were speaking about the great works of a mighty God who wanted to work in a little church all those years ago, 23 years in a little, little to a tiny room in a public school about 20 people who just wanted to get something done for God. That was their message. It was about a great God who can do a great work with simple people who have an innocent faith who just want to do something for God. And as I look around, and and maybe you've taken the time and do so tonight before they take it down for next month's theme. But they've posted photos up they've 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 and, and some of you it's it's funny watching you you know it, it's always typical when you look for a, on a at a photo you look at it for yourself right so and some of you walking around and looking at yourselves going who is that guy i remember him and they're walking around and it's a joy to me the other night uh, i was we were sitting with uh, our children and we were just putting them to bed and i remember uh, my my son i think it was he, he just said oh dad how did we get to church was, he uh, wasn't asking, like, what car are we going to drive tomorrow? He was asking, how did you get here? And there was just an opportunity there to just recount what God did, how God brought us here. I talked about how we were going to another uh, Baptist church at that time, but uh, around the corner where we were living in Blacktown, there was a Bible study that had just begun. And uh, literally two minutes walk just down the road, we walked to this Bible study at that point, and we just felt at home. And eventually, over the course of time, as God led, as God made, us, made it clear, there was a little church called Bethany Baptist Church in a tiny little one-room school, schoolroom, started. And and we recounted a little bit, and then they fell asleep. But, you know, that made me reminisce because that, that wasn't where the story ended. We continued on. God did something, and it's it's important then for us to transfer what happened from one generation to the next, and it ought to be a positive transfer. It ought to be a, a mentality that we just wanna we just wanna pass it on. And you know, this week I, I it's just how it works. It, often, often anniversary week is graduation week, and graduation week all of our. Around this time in September, most uh, most high schools have their graduation time. And, you know, I was just thinking about it. It's my 14th graduation week. And I visited. I tried to get to as many of the gradu- uh, graduation ceremonies through the week. A couple of our youth workers did that as well. And it's just, again, it just time. It, it reminded me time was flying by. Another group graduated. They're done with high school, 13 years of schooling, Thirteen years of investment in their lives, some of them. And now they were going to move on to another area of life, another era of life, another time. And I began to wonder, you know, I, I wonder what we've really invested in them. I wonder what we've really put in their hearts. I wonder if we've done what we can to put something in their lives. And then I was sitting there with Jaden, and he, he came, and, and he went with, one of, uh, to me, uh, with me to one of the graduations, we're just sitting there, and I was just looking at him. He's only two years old, and he's sitting there. He's having his baby Chino, because, you know, it's, our, it's this day, cafe, whatever. Having his baby Chino, and I'm just looking at him, and I just began to wonder, I wonder who's going to go to his graduations. I wonder, if I'm, I wonder if when he graduates, it'll be the same. I wonder, I wonder who's going to sort of step up in a little while. I wonder who's going to be there. And what I'm saying is, if we're going to see... Posterity. Then we don't need to be faithful to invest in the ones that God brings us. And then secondly, note with me, we need to invoke the faithfulness of those who have gone before. And again, it's interesting to me that as 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 Paul was writing to Timothy, who was again going through some struggles, going through some discouragement perhaps, he went back and referred to a point of reference he went back and he mentioned specifically there in verse 5, the unfeigned faith which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice. And he, he, what he was doing was he was recalling, but really to him he was invoking. He, he, was, he, was, he was pointing to this, the, the, the reality of the faith of those who had gone before as a point of reference, but also as a, as a grounding, as an authority in his life. And he says, when I call to remembrance. And what Paul was doing, he was invoking a memory of Timothy's forebears who had real faith. And I'm just going to tell you now that your faith, if it's real, will be a source of strength to those who will go on. It ought to be something that invokes something in them when they recall and remember. You see, it's proper for us to recognize and recall the working of faith in another's life. We ought to have times of memorials. We ought to have times of reflection. We ought to have times of storytelling. We ought to have times of heritage where, where we... We invoke those memories where hem- heritage is, is important. And we ought to recognize that God, what God has done and recall often with our children and those coming after us what God has done. When was the last time you just, you just um, perhaps here at the altar, perhaps here, there in your home, you just sat around and, and, and perhaps just started to have, a, have some time of praise for what God has done. And when was the last time you mentioned someone who was a spiritual mentor in your life? Maybe a a faithful mother, maybe a faithful dad, maybe a faithful grandmother, maybe a faithful Sunday school teacher, maybe a faithful layperson who really invested in your life and you started to just praise God for their working in their life so that they could work in your life. When was the last time you mentioned that? When was the last time your children heard you pray? and heard you just just cry out in praise to God for those ones that God has used. And and you know what? I just believe that all glory ought to belong to God. But you know also this. We need to remember that God uses people. That God can use people. And God has used people in your life. And when was the last time you were able to pass that on? We are to recognize that and recall that. And and you know, I, I recall so many times when, when, the, when the church put money together to purchase this property, and I'm saying, that wasn't me, that was you. I, I recall the men who labored so diligently, went out soul winning, bringing people to church, were passionate and excited about this little itty bitty local church. And it's proper for us to recognize and recall the working of faith in another's life. Look at, look at Psalm. Psalm 78, and we'll quickly turn there this evening. Psalm 78. And notice verses 5 to 8. It says, For He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel which He commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children. Why? That the the generation to come might know them even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments, and might not be as their fathers a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set not their hearts aright and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. And he's saying there that he's given these things as a testimony so that the next generation the posterity can set their hope in God. And so it's proper for us. And, and you know, uh, maybe some of you, you're not, you're not so big on, on recalling. I just want to encourage you, if you want your children to really appreciate that, that you're here and that, that the things that they have now, someone had to have faith, someone had to labor, someone by the grace of God had to be used, then it'd be good for you and it's be good for, my, uh, for for myself to continually recall so that they might have hope if you want them to have hope in god then you need to you need to invoke the faithfulness of those who've gone before you, you need it's it's profitable for us to report and remind the next generation of the reality of faith in our lives and in the lives of those who are in the past See, it links them to a larger body of, of, of what has happened, of historicity, of truth. Uh, you know, sometimes we think that, that um, things just happened. And, you know, some of our, our children, they never knew when, when cars were parked there. They never knew when, uh, when all, all this was really the kitchen slash nursery slash Sunday school room slash fellowship hall. This was the Slash Room. <laughs> some of them never knew that. But you understand what it is now, it's not because uh, there was a handyman who, who had a, a great eye whose name is Brother Roger, put it together. But no, because God was working in a person's life and in the church's life, and because of that, there was expansion. Because of that, souls were saved. Because of that, preaching happened on this platform that changed your life, changed your heart. And it's important for us. It links them to a larger body of historicity and truth. It helps them appreciate what they have. It helps them uh, firmly put their faith in God. And, you know, Paul, again, was writing this to Timothy in a time of struggle, and, and surely he wasn't seeing the bigger picture. Surely he he couldn't see past the the troubles that he was facing right there. And it's interesting that Paul then invokes the faith, the unfeigned faith that the the grandmother and the mother had. He, He invoked that. And so if we're going to see a posterity that's faithful, then we need to be faithful to invoke some remembrance, some recalling, some linking to the, to the larger body of what has happened here, what has happened in your life. But then thirdly and lastly, we need to inspire then the future generation with, a, with renewed assurance. And here again, if you know the context as we've been mentioning, Timothy was, was struggling. And so Paul, it was important for him to say this in verse 5, and I am persuaded that in thee also and the context there is unfeigned faith, real faith. And, you know, we need to assure the next generation that, that the God we serve can also be the God they serve. We've we got we to gotta inspire them. We've got to inspire them to know that God, because He's working now, can work in their time, can work in their lives. We ought to encourage our young people to make decisions for God. We ought to encourage and inspire the next generation to, to pursue some things for God. To dream some things for God. To, to, to understand that we have a mighty God that we serve. And we need to assure the next generation that the God we serve can also be the God they serve. We need to assure the next generation that what they see in their lives is God. And not just emotionalism. You know, we, we often have altar calls. We will, often, we will often sit with a young person and talk about what God is doing in their lives. And I hope we don't have uh, the, the spirit of the day sometimes of cynicism and sarcasm and listen to them and go, Pfft, yeah, Right. I hope that when a young person comes to you tomorrow or tonight and they say, look, I just think God can use me, that you don't go, well, Sonny, just you'll just have it coming to you. <laughs> I hope that, that if a young person comes back all fired up uh, from youth camp, all fired up from the preaching, all fired up from their Bible reading, that we would not be intimidated by that and go, you know what? God can do that. And in fact, I'm so, I hope He does do that. And here, I'm going to lend my hand to you. I'm going to come alongside you, as we've learned at the beginning of the month. And I'm, going to just, I'm just going to encourage you. We need to inspire the next generation. We need to embolden the next generation to take on their giants and to take on their faith with great passion for a great and wonderful God. And I hope that we're, what, we're, what we're inspiring the next generation it's not some dry, lifeless, uh, passionless cr- uh, Christianity that we would inspire in the next generation. Uh, 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 a fire, a passion, a love, a life of faith, a life of pursuit for God. Hope that that's what we're planting in their hearts. Hope that as they see us, that they're seeing a people with a real faith, with a life of faith with a, 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 an attitude that God can and God will by His power and by His might. See, it's important for us to set some expectations by example and instruction to our posterity. See, what Paul, Lois, Eunice did, they, they set an expectation, they set a point of reference for Timothy. They knew, he knew where they stood. He knew what they believed. He saw in their lives. If you know what Paul writes later, uh, what Paul wrote to Timothy, you know my manner of life. You know all the things that had happened to me. And he was just transparent and real. And I hope that by our example and by our instruction that we can set some expectations that'll, that are high. So again, this was a difficult time for Timothy. And it's interesting that this was a time the Spirit of God through Paul's letter chooses to bring up what those expectations are through the the reality of faith of his forebears. He went back, and what they they had was real. And here's the conclusion for him. Therefore, what I have is real. What they had was genuine. Therefore, what I have is genuine. It's imperative then for us to complement genuine faith when we observe it in the the future generation. See, what Paul did was he was reassuring he reassuringly uh, spoke to Timothy. It was really a compliment here, where he says, "And I am persuaded that in thee also." And I, I'm 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 mindful of these verses in Proverbs twenty-five, eleven: "A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pictures of silver." I, I hope that that we don't present to the next generation a negative view of God. I hope that we're we're full of praise. I hope that when we observe something happening in their lives, that we're quick to have a a word of encouragement to them. I hope that the first thing that enters into our mind isn't doubt, but it's faith. That God is working in that young man's life. That God can work in that young lady's life. That God is doing something. And In Proverbs 15, 23, A man hath joy by the answer of his mouth, and a word spoken in due season, how good is it? I know many times in the past when, when I was struggling as a young person, when, when I was doubting the provision of God, when I was doubting perhaps even the, the way He was going to fulfill the calling that He had for my life, there was one of you, and there was many of you, who came to me and in that moment spoke a, f- a word fitly spoken. You, you, maybe there were times where I was looking for work and, I couldn't find any, I couldn't, I I, I went to interview after interview and there were some of you I remember would cut out and back then there wasn't really Google. So they would cut out newspaper ads and Wednesday nights would come to me and go, hey uh, Hernan, I found this, I think this might be for you. And you know, that was just God assuring me, you know, this church is for me. (laughs) And it was a simple thing like that. Or, 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 or words fitly spoken of, of prayer. Hey, I prayed for you. I remember that decision you made. I remember you, you said that to the, you declared that to the church. I'm praying for you about that. You see, the Bible tells us in Proverbs twenty-seven, twenty-one, as a finding pot for silver and the furnace for gold, so is a man to his praise. See, praise refines. Words of encouragement refine. And, you know, it's not always. And sometimes we have the mentality that all we need to do is rebuke the next generation. No, sometimes just a word of kindness and a word of praise. You know what was great today? As people were packing up, there were multiple generations doing it. You know, I was, I was, I was, we were all lifting chairs, tables, picking up rubbish. And then I saw our youngest ones, little boys. This was a miracle. They left an iPad. I know, some of you are like, what? An iPad? They left an iPad screen, got up, and picked up rubbish. Thankful for that. They saw that men were working and ladies were working, and they thought, boy, we better get involved too. And, you know, I I thank them for that, and I hope that you recognize those kind of things. Give them praise. We ought to recognize when God has done a work in the young person's life and praise them for it, don't cast doubt. Don't be like the ten spies who saw the giants and feared; they thought they were grasshoppers. No, be like Caleb and Joshua. No, have the, have an attitude of faith that if your young person comes up to you and you they confide in you, that they, they feel like God might be calling them, that God might be working in their lives to go to the mission field to to be a preacher to, to uh, pursue a course of study, uh, perhaps in, in college, perhaps in an institute, perhaps in a traineeship, you ought to encourage that, you ought to, you ought to feed that, and you ought not to question, boy, how are you going to do it? Boy, how are you going to get that done? And maybe you might ask those questions and guide them, uh, but the reality is this, if we're not going to compliment, what we honor is what we get. If we don't compliment those kind of things, those will never be repeated again. And I hope that you would compliment that. I hope that, that, that you, you take the imperative of complimenting genuine faith when we observe it in the future generation. And really, it's going to be indicative of the reality that we have in us. When and if the next generation will recall with clarity what God has done in us. You know what? When, when the Spirit of God was inspiring the Apostle Paul to write this to Timothy, There was a great confidence in Timothy, in Paul, to say they had unfeigned faith. He knew that if he wrote this to Timothy, it would click in his mind. (laughs) Things would be recalled. It would be clear to him, yes, they did have an unfeigned faith. And I wonder, I wonder when the years pass by, I wonder what what will our posterity, our descendants, those who will be in the succession of generations, I wonder what our posterity will recall of us. You know, that bothers me a lot. I wonder what they'll recall of us. I wonder if they've had a clarity of, boy, his faith was real. Boy, I I saw in them a difference. What heritage, I'm asking this, what heritage are we giving them? It's a heritage of faith. Or is it a heritage of fear or doubt? You know, as we celebrate the heritage we have here as a church family, will we continue the story? Will will we take up the challenge of our day with faith, not fear? Will we have real faith? Will we be determined to keep on for God, even if the situation becomes tougher? What will our posterity make of us? And I'm glad that, as I recall it, There were those who are still here, those who moved on, who had real faith, who were just genuine. I take pleasure in knowing that I was given something real. I take pleasure in seeing what God has done and knowing that it wasn't by my hand, but God through the hand of those who labored by faith in the past is something that I can grasp. And what I'm asking tonight is, will we simply take up the challenge to have a posterity that recalls genuine faith in us? See, if we, if we hope to have a future posterity, a posterity of faith, we're going to need to take up our responsibility in the present. How's our faith? Are, are we investing in the ones that God has brought to us? Some of you you are a little past that. You've got your grandchildren now. Some of you, you're, you've got a little bit more time per se. What are you investing in the ones coming up? Uh, how, how many have you prayed for this week? How many did you encourage this week? Uh, how many did you send a, 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 timely, a timely text, a passage of Scripture, a thought that might, might just draw their eye to Christ? Are we invoking the remembrance of those who are faithful? Do you, do you, do you know, is that a normal thing to converse with in your, in your home, in the church? Is it normal? Is it a good thing that you can, is it something that you normally do? Is it a typical thing that you, you just remember, you just talk about that? And are we inspiring them? What, what will they recall of us? You know, only time will tell that. But we have time now. And we have responsibility now. And, you know, as we celebrate, I'm, I'm glad. I'm thankful to God for years and years of, of His faithfulness. But I'm thankful for your faithfulness over the years. I want to challenge you tonight, and particularly perhaps those of us who are now coming into this time of, of our labor. I, I pray that we would, we would inspire our posterity, to continue on to be faithful. I hope that they, when they recall us, that they'll look at those who had some faith, who just kept pressing forward. When when new challenges turned up in our nation, in our world, they just kept being real and kept going. They showed some true grit. They showed some some determination. And I hope that we would be that kind of people. I want to I wanna I'll challenge all of our, our children. I know that they're across the way. I want to challenge them to have some real, uh, have real faith that they would take on the mantle as we spoke about. I, I want to challenge our teenagers who are coming on and, and maybe they're just wondering what life is all about. I want to challenge them that, to make their faith real, to have a genuine walk with God. I want to challenge our young adults who are trying to navigate through life, trying to find their place to serve, trying to find their place to, to continue on. I want to challenge them to have a real faith, to w- really walk with God to really know what they believe and why they believe it. I want to challenge some of you who have young families that you bring up that you don't forget God, that you don't forget to thank God, that you don't forget to think about God and and communicate who God is and what God has done. And I want to challenge you who have gone past all of that not to lose any sight of what God has done in your life and just have a clarity about giving it over and communicating it to us. So we can recall and we can have hope in God. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for this day you've given. And and Father, I thank you, dear God, that you consistently have provided, consistently have challenged us over the years to grow in our faith. And I thank you, Father, that Lord, even tonight, as we look back, we see the photos, we see the testimonies, uh, we, have, we have things written about this past year that already even in, in the space of 12 months, we have some recollection of your working, of your hand of, of blessing, of things that are worthy to, to be praising you for. And I'm thankful, Lord, that added to that toward the 22 years prior, Lord, many of us here who were there from the beginning and then thereafter can recall and then remember and then communicate to those who are coming along your faithfulness unto them. I pray that you'd help us tonight as we we end our, our heritage month. And I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to just take some time to just give you praise, to allow others, to allow our children to hear your praise, I pray that you'd help us tonight. And the piano can begin to play. I want to challenge all of us here tonight. It's been a it's been a, a good month. We, we can have many things to thank God for, but I want to challenge you all. I want to challenge you to take some time to praise even tonight. Maybe it's been a while that you've you've just come together as a family and you've just recalled and you've just remembered. And you've just, just tried to inspire. I want to challenge families tonight to just pray together, even as the piano plays. Let's use the altar tonight. Let's end on this note, that God is worthy to be praised, and we will praise Him tonight. And so, church, come on. As, as the piano begins to play, why don't you grab your family? Why don't you just take some time? And Why don't you just kneel at this altar tonight and, and don't feel awkward about it? Just, why don't you just give God some glory tonight? As as the piano plays, orchestra, you can go and, and find your families as well. You don't have to stay up here. Why don't you just go and just uh, take some time to pray together? Church, let's let's pray together as a family tonight. Let's just let's just praise God. Let, let's let's give over some things that we're hoping for for the next generation. Let's give over some things to God that we're desiring of Him. Why don't we just commit our families to Christ? Why don't we just say, God, use us. God, you do a marvelous work in our lives. God. Thank you for the many years you've been faithful. Thank you for working in my family. Thank you, dear God, that you brought us to this place, to this family, so we can be fruitful for you. But thank you. Help us now, Lord. Help us to continue. Lord, we dedicate our lives once again. And I want to challenge you tonight. Why don't you just take some time. Pray together as couples. Maybe some of you young people, you haven't dawned the altar for a long while. I know it's not camp, but you don't need camp. You just need God. You just need God to work in your heart tonight. And why don't you not resist the Spirit of God tonight and just bow to Him and give Him some praise this evening. Let's go to the Lord and just uh, work. let Him work in our midst tonight.